0: Welcome to the She Did It Her Way podcast, a collective of interviews with top female entrepreneurs from around the globe who have done it their way. These women are disruptors, savvy, courageous, confident, innovative, decisive, unconventional, and humble. Our ladies have proven business models, have taken risks, and have failed only for success to follow. Join us as they share their stories, behaviors, habits, mindset, thought processes, and what it is like to be a woman who needs business. And now, here's your host, Amanda Bolin. Hello, She Did It Her Way listeners, and thank you for tuning in to another episode of the podcast. I hope everyone had a fun Halloween and is ready to get back to business. Our guest on the show today, Sunny Letterduzzi, will hopefully brighten your day. Sunny started her career working what she thought was her dream job, a broadcaster, After landing a broadcasting position at the 2010 Olympics and Paralympics, what she thought was the pinnacle of her career, she felt something was missing. She knew she couldn't work under a boss or from the hours of 9 to 5. And not really knowing where to begin, Sunny started an online magazine and discovered her love for the digital space. Now, she manages a social media consultancy and runs a YouTube channel nearing almost 10,000 subscribers. Sunny's strategy of following her feelings and working hard have helped her obtain a job where she can be most productive and happy. Here is Following Your Feelings to a Fabulous Career with Sunny Doozy. All right, so we're going to kick it off. I got Sunny with us. Sunny, tell us what it is. Introduce yourself and tell us what it is that you do. Uh,
1: I'm (laughs) so happy to be here, first of all, and second of all, that's a loaded question. I know. (laughs) Um, what don't I do is a better question. No, I've, um, I've worked in broadcasting and in social media now for, um, nearly a decade, which is kind of crazy, but my, my, my career started in broadcasting. I went to broadcasting school and thought I was going to be a news anchor. That was the dream when I was a kid. <laughs> um, but then I got into reporting, got into TV hosting, worked in radio a little bit And realized that I wasn't meant to work in an office environment. I also wasn't meant to have a boss.
0: (laughs) I'm going to ask you later, what was it that gave you the inclination that you were not meant to have a boss? But we'll answer that later.
1: Yeah, it's it's more of a feeling than anything, but... and it's weird. I've just always, my whole life, I've had this like very entrepreneurial spirit, but I didn't really know how to articulate that until I got older. And even truly until probably a couple years ago, um, and being able to claim the fact that I, I am an entrepreneur. And so I started um, a online magazine, an online magazine, when I, um, I finished reporting at the Olympics. And I thought that that was oh kind of the gosh. pinnacle. Yeah, I thought that that was the pinnacle of my career. And I was really young. And I lived in Whistler. And I did it, I filed a story every day. And I was like, hey, I've made it. This is what I dreamed about when I was in broadcasting school. And I did it. But it still felt kind of empty, because it didn't feel like what I was truly meant to be doing. So I also started to notice the trend that people didn't want content fed to them, they wanted to interact with content and be a part of it. So noticing that trend as soon as I finished at the Olympics I was like I'm gonna start my own business so I started an online magazine with no idea what I was doing um at all like in the slightest how it's long actually, ago was that um oh my gosh that was it was 2010 so okay. so five years ago now um
0: oh my gosh that sounds like so long but
1: it's yeah like so fast Got my so quickly. Um, So, yeah, so it's kind of crazy. I just kind of did it. And uh, I built up a roster of 10 riders. I had. Um, I did all the technical stuff on my end. I did all the content on my end. I had no real plan in place, but it ended up doing fairly well and getting a fair amount of buzz out of it. And I fell in love with the digital space when I started that project. And so from there, I started taking on clients. And basically, my consultancy started really organically. And I didn't even know what to call it for the first two years that I was doing it it just was sort of like clients were coming to me and needed help with their online presence so I would just do it but I didn't know someone said the word consultant one day and I was like oh that's what I am
0: and still even even when you tell people I consult they're like okay what do you consult on and then it's, it's like this rabbit hole yeah so keep going
1: so basically, yeah, so I started that and, uh, and it allowed me the freedom to kind of work from wherever. And, uh, and I also was able to still do the broadcasting thing. So I did a few TV shows and, um, and I ended up being the first social media host of a morning show in Canada and, um, kind of created that pos- position for myself too. And, um, yeah, everything that I've done, it's it's not like I've waited for an opportunity. I've just sort of said, okay, I this is what I want to do and I'm going to figure out a way to do it. And uh, I've been rejected a lot and I've been told no a lot, but mm. I have a very thick skin and I think that comes from... Um, you know, in my teenage years, I was an actress, and there's a lot of rejection in that. So I think that that really kind of set me up for success in a weird way um, as I got older. So rejection doesn't really scare me. It just sort of means that I have to choose a different path. Um, so yeah, so I I uh, started my consultancy. Started I continued to work in broadcasting. And then, um, from there just started partnering with some really great brands and organically getting clients still and not really promoting my business. And really in the last year, it's been the first time where, um, I've actually put myself out there as a business and as a brand and, um, yeah, the feedback's been really amazing. And I've started a YouTube channel again, very organically, uh, last March and in, I guess seven months now, six months, seven months, whatever it is. Um, I'm now almost a 10,000 subscribers. So yeah.
0: Yeah. I mean, some of these videos and I, when I looked before our interview, I'm like, my gosh, they've got like from 60,000 views to, I mean, just all over the gamut. And I'm like, this girl is the bomb. (laughs) (laughs)
1: Thank you. It's honestly been, it's been very, very interesting because I started on YouTube, one day I was just sitting there and I was dabbling with Periscope and I've always been obviously very fascinated by technology I do some tech reporting and stuff too and I've always been one of those girls who's like obsessed with gadgets Um, and social media of course too so uh, I was playing around with Periscope when it first came out and I was trying to find information on how it worked and I couldn't find anything good so I just was thinking, okay, I'll start, I'll start my own. I'll, I'll do a YouTube tutorial on it, which I'd never done before in my life. And <laughs> so I did, and it ended up getting like 40,000 views or something. Yeah. I'm
0: looking at it right now. And I can't believe that Periscope came out six months ago because I've, <laughs> I mean, I only knew it, which granted just because, I'm kind of a late bloomer to a lot of things and I'm like oh what is this and people are like yeah that that came out a long time ago but that is not a long time
1: that's not a long time that's the funny thing about this world is that six months is not a long time that's an insanely short period of time but in this world that's that's ancient history basically um so yeah so I did that one and then I was like wow that got a really good response um, and I seemed to be helping people. And so I'm going to do another one. And then it just sort of kept happening. And every week I started uh, producing new YouTube tutorials to help people with questions that I was getting asked quite a lot. Um, and I just paid attention to what people um, repeatedly were asking for advice on or help with. And I just started making content around that. And I can say that for me, I believe that that's the key to, Success in any business or brand is figuring out what your audience, your target audience wants to know and creating your content around that.
0: So what are some things, because you you release a video every Tuesday, what are the things that you do to find your content or to find out what is it that your target market, your audience is talking about?
1: Um, Well, I'm very active across all social platforms. So a lot of the times it comes from questions that I get just naturally um, from people on Twitter or on Instagram or wherever. Uh, I also create so much content that people are often curious about how I do it. So I like giving little tips and tricks and telling people about apps that make my life easier and also make my the quality of my content a little bit better. Uh, so that's one thing. I've also done surveys in the past. I've literally sent out a survey and been like, what's your biggest pain point when it comes to uh, making videos? Or what's your biggest pain point when it comes to social media? And the feedback you get from that is so valuable. And if you really dive into it, you can find things that, one, you can use in your business plan, or two, you can use as content ideas.
0: Mm. Yeah, that definitely makes sense too. So let's go back because we're going to talk more on that. But I just – I do want to hit on that. You said you were not meant to have a boss. <laughs> and yes. I, yes. So what was that feeling? Because I – yeah. What, what yeah. was that feeling that you had?
1: <laughs> it's funny. Like I say that – I've said that a lot before before. Um, and whenever I say it, as soon as it comes out of my mouth, it sounds very kind of arbitrary, and <laughs> it, it minimizes it a little bit. And it's not that I, I've, I've had mad respect for people who work in um, corporate environments. And I think you can be entrepreneurial within a company as well. But for me, it was more of a lifestyle thing than anything else. And I truly don't think that everybody in the world is their most productive between the hours of nine and five. I'm my most productive On some weeks, I'm my most productive at midnight. On other weeks, I'm my most productive at four in the morning. Um, And I have a very balanced lifestyle. I know that sounds crazy, but I basically get seven to eight hours of sleep a night because I think that whole part of it is really important too. But for me, working in an office environment and being tied to specific hours um, and specific tasks and being told what to do and when to do and how to do it, Just, it didn't sit well with me. And everything I do in my life, whether I've been conscious of it or not, has been based off of feelings. Mm -hmm. And if it doesn't feel right for me, I just don't do it. Have you,
0: I was going to say, was there, have you ever had a time where you went against your gut feeling? And then Mm -hmm. what what happened?
1: Um, Have I ever gone against my gut feeling? I mean, maybe Maybe. you haven't. (laughs) If There has been a time. I don't think that there has. I'm pretty in tune with it. I think on maybe little decisions here and there. Yeah, I have. And it's funny. Um, you know what? Yes, I have. I have gone against my gut feeling in the past. And it's just been another lesson for me that you always should listen to it. But I think when you're younger, um, you you tend to sort of ignore that voice a little bit more. And um, it was actually in a relationship. And uh one of my first boyfriends, who was an incredible person, um, when we were breaking up, he said, I'm not just one of your jobs that you can quit. Because when I was really young, I worked like three jobs at a time. And I, mm-hmm. I was a, I've always been a bit of a hustler and I've always worked really, really freakishly hard to the point that people think I'm a little bit crazy. But um, I, when I didn't feel right anymore, and it wasn't fun anymore for me, and I wasn't enjoying it, I really, truly did not see the point in me sticking with it. I always finished what I needed to do, and I would get to the end goal that I needed to get to, and I would help people as much as I could in the position, but when it just felt like I'd outgrown it, I knew it was time to move on, and I was very in tune with that, and I'm not one of those people who dilly-dallies. When I make up my mind, I just do it. Mm. So that comment really stuck with me, and I don't think I realized how much it stuck with me until I got older. Um, And... And it stuck with me so much that actually in my next
0: relationship, I stuck it out way too long. <laughs> Interesting. But I could totally see how that would influence you.
1: Yeah. And that was one of those situations where I did have a gut feeling. I was like, I don't think this is the right situation for me. And I don't think it's a healthy situation for me. But
0: Because you're like, I'm not a quitter.
1: I'm not a quitter. I swear I'm not a quitter. And I'm trying to prove something to somebody who doesn't even know that I'm trying to prove it to them. Right. Um, and so I ended up staying in a relationship longer than I should have, and it ended up kind of a little bit blowing up in my face Um, but again it was a hugely valuable lesson and I have zero regrets about it but that was kind of that for me was the final straw really in taking a good hard look at myself and realizing that I have to really pay attention to what feels right for me and it truly I'll never forget it I woke up on my 27th birthday and that's kind of when things came to an end and um, I looked at myself in the mirror and I was like, this is never going to happen again. You're never going to feel like this again. Because I was completely out of control and I'd completely lost myself and blah, blah, blah. Every woman can probably relate to this.
0: <laughs> preach. Uh, <laughs> preach. Um, Everybody's like listening and they got their hands up in the air. They're like, yes, I know what you're talking about. Right? So
1: I I just – Yeah, and I really didn't understand how it it happened because I I am very in tune with myself. But I just kind of shut off those feelings for a long time because I was like, I'm in love. Mm -hmm. I'm going to do whatever it takes to make this work. Um, And I realized, and it's it's taken some time to kind of get to the place where I see all the lessons that came out of it. But I'm so grateful because... I never force anything anymore. And I think that's another thing about it is like, one, it has to feel good. But two, if it feels like you're forcing something or you're forcing a situation, whether it's work or personal, it's probably not meant to be. Mm-hmm. It's probably not meant for you. Um, and that's a hard lesson to accept sometimes. But I've I've really, really kind of abided by that law <laughs> in the last year of my life. And it's paid off in a huge way in so many ways.
0: Yeah. I, I was, keep, keep going. Um, yeah, keep going.
1: No, that was kind of, that's kind of it. So I think those are my, those are my two things. So yeah, about if I've ever ignored that feeling or ignored my instincts. Yeah. There's been kind of one major instance in my life where I did ignore the the gut feeling of mm, something doesn't feel right here. Yeah. And, uh, and yeah, you learn your lesson and that's the best part about it. And you kind of have to get to a point where it knocks you over the head and you go, okay, I get it. I don't need to do this again. (laughs) Yeah.
0: And I'm sure we all, I mean, including myself and people listening, whether it's in a relationship or even if it's maybe we're in a job or in a position that we're like, this doesn't, this does not feel right. doesn't feel good, but we might ignore it or continue going because it's what's comfortable right now or whatever it is. I mean, no, that's a good, that's definitely, definitely a good lesson to keep in mind too. Just. N- and never force it. No square yeah. peg and round hole, please. No, no, exactly, exactly. <laughs> like no bueno. That is not. That is not good. Oh my gosh. No, it's definitely not. <laughs> okay, so I know um, you, one of one of the topics is that you love talking about entrepreneurship and personal branding. What is it specifically? Let's talk about personal branding because you do so much with your YouTube and you got so many eyes on you. Mm-hmm. What are like three things that you? Maybe live by or that you live by when it comes to like personal branding, or what's your take on that
1: um well I, to be perfectly honest with you, I hate that term I hate the term personal branding because it's such <laughs> a new it's such a new term and it's such a um, it's such kind of a buzzword but like I'm guilty of using it and uh, but I think that a lot of the times people want to build a brand around themselves or um, you know do personal branding for themselves because of their own reasons as opposed to looking at it from how they're actually helping people. And for me, the only way to be successful with a brand, whether you're a corporation or an individual, is if you're adding a lot of value back to whoever is your your audience. Um, and for me like I said earlier, everything has sort of happened organically. Yes, I've been somewhat strategic with, um, with my YouTube channel and like using keywords that I know perform well and all the technical stuff. But at the end of the day, my YouTube channel started strictly from me realizing that there wasn't a piece of content out there that I was looking for. And so I assumed other people were searching for it. So I wanted to make it so that I could help other people. Um, and everybody that I work with on their personal brands or whatnot, uh, they all have something that they're giving back to society and they're helping people with. And that's what gives you longevity. So for me, the two biggest things when it comes to to personal branding are consistency um, and authority for sure. And also being actually passionate about what it is that you're building a brand around. Um, because you can't fake that. And that's a short-term strategy. If you're building a brand based on something that you don't really truly love at the end of the day. So that is
0: super exhausting too. Oh God. So
1: exhausting. <laughs> yeah. But people do it. It's interesting to me. People do it, um, strictly cause they, they want, I don't know, some, some kind of an end goal results out of it. So, um, yeah, I think consistency for me is, it's, I compare everything to real life. So if you have a friend or a boyfriend who says, we're going to go for dinner every Friday night, that'll be our date night. And then that Friday rolls around and they're not there and you get stood up. You can only take that so many times before you just don't trust them. So the same yeah. goes... Or, but the same goes for building relationships online because that's what this all comes down to this whole social media thing the whole digital space is about building relationships and you have to build those relationships on trust because once the trust is gone you got nothing so um, I believe that if you say you're going to do you know Say it's a new blog post, you're going to have a new blog post up every week, then you better have a new blog post up every week because people expect to come back and see that. Um, when it comes to authority, it means being a real expert in your space and that means studying whatever it is that you're passionate about because yes, you can have the passion and that's for sure the most important part, but without that expertise, without constant education about whatever your space is and sharing that information with your audience, um, you, you really don't have a leg to stand on.
0: Mm -hmm. So with, I I know, and you'd said you've worked with startups and CEOs from authors, Hootsuite, I think you Applebee's uh, as well too, like with clients. For everything that you're doing, I'm always so intrigued about how people structure their day, if there's a method to the madness, or maybe there's not. So for you, with all the stuff that you do, uh, what are sort of insights can you give us that help you be successful in your own right and the way that you Sunny does things?
1: Um. Yeah, (laughs) that's such an interesting topic. (laughs) That could be like a whole show in and of itself. Oh my gosh! um, I know.
0: I think I feel terrible because the the standard question is, "What's your morning routine?" Because I'm very (laughs) passionate about it, but just like personal branding, it's such a buzzword.
1: Totally. Totally. (laughs) Um. And it's funny. I think. I think, as an entrepreneur, or really anybody who's who's in a space where they're trying to achieve big things, you feel like you have to abide by a certain um, regiment every day um, or a schedule every day. And I have had those moments. And I have done the whole like, I'm going to get up at 4 a.m., I'm going to do um, meditation for 20 minutes, and then I'm going to make my breakfast, and then I'm going to read for 10 minutes. <laughs> <laughs>
0: and you're like, and check you know, and check and, check and, and check, check and check. But what I've
1: realized is the whole plan of my day revolves around again feelings and i know this is all sounding very airy fairy but i get shit done but i just do it in my own timeline so mm-hmm. um and i also for my own sanity have to incorporate Eating healthy and exercising and getting fresh air. And yes, I'll go on like a two day bender of like just working straight through. I did that this weekend. I didn't leave my apartment for 24 hours, which is really sad, but it's true because I had a deadline to meet. Um, but for the most part, I just try to abide by making sure that those elements are in each of my days. So I also kind of highly recommend not trying to stick to a schedule every day and knowing that every day is going to be different. Um, but just knowing what the elements are that you want to include and giving yourself permission to not be on a strict schedule because that will mess with you. And that gives you this huge amount of guilt mm-hmm. and nobody needs that because that doesn't make you productive. It's anti, it's anti, anti productive, anti productive, a word.
0: <laughs> I'm going to, I think we can, we, yes, we can say make it a word. we're going to make it a word on the podcast. <laughs> Yeah. yeah. So that's We're my- unproductive. Wait. Um, yeah. There we go. <laughs>
1: that's what I meant. Yeah. My brain is still a little yeah. messed up at 24 hour work uh, streak, but um, yeah, I think permission is a big thing. I think letting yourself uh, kind of do what feels right in that day and not having to stick to a certain schedule, but just keeping in mind what it is that makes you feel good. And like I said, for me, that's friends and family, time with my friends and family, even if it's just a quick phone call with one of my friends or with my mom or whatever. Um, Getting outside, getting fresh air, going for a run, going to a bar class. Eating healthy. Those are all things that help me stay on track and make me feel good. So if I don't incorporate those things into my day, along with all of my work, um, I definitely feel a little off. So that's, that's kind of – it's not really a, a schedule. There's no routine involved, but those are the things that I need in my days.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I appreciate you sharing that because I – I'll be the first to admit I was a huge like get up and do this, and I was a check the box, and then I realized I'm like I'm just gonna play around for a couple of weeks, and yeah. then you you're right you start realizing that if you know yourself well enough, you as long and then like the key ingredients that you need in your day to be successful as long as you get those in and you know what they are, then then you're fine. So I appreciate you sharing that. What are how do you with I'm sure you get so many opportunities and things that you can constantly say yes to but how do you tell, how do you know when to tell yourself no? And well, it's probably a feeling, but I, like, <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, I, I there's, probably, there, there's mental stamina that goes behind that because even though we could get a feeling and be like, Oh my gosh, this is, this looks like fantastic. It's the shiny ball syndrome, but how do you like, is there a process that you say like you get clear on and then you go through it or what does that look like?
1: I am definitely guilty of saying yes way too often. Um,
0: but thank you for saying yes to the podcast.
1: Of course, <laughs> I'm happy to do to do this because I feel like maybe it'll be beneficial to somebody listening um, to hear my like crazy little stories. But um, yeah, no, I I don't know. It's it, it's yeah, I don't know. Like I definitely go by feeling, of course, but at the same time, in the past year, it's it's been a year of yes, which sounds kind of crazy, but it's been one of the most intense years of my life in the best way possible. I've traveled more in the last year than I have in my entire life. I've been to Southeast Asia. I've been to Europe. um, I've went to four countries in 13 days and spoke at NATO and um, have traveled all over the States. And all of this happened because I just sort of kept saying yes and wanted to live my life to the fullest and experience everything I possibly could. And I'm kind of a moment collector. So that's my issue with saying yes is that if it sounds like it's going to be a lot of fun or that it's going to be something that I can learn from or just a really great opportunity, I tend to to just go with it and figure it out later. Um, But having said that, I was just having a conversation yesterday with uh, one of my – employees. And we were talking about 2016. And I was like, you know, I really, I'm a big believer in being proactive rather than reactive. And I think that's the key to success for any business owner. Um, but this year for me, in the sense of like opportunities and stuff, I've been slightly reactive because all of them have been so great. <laughs> so, so I've just sort of gone, yes, I will do it and I'll figure it out. But in 2016, I, I know that I need to be a little more proactive about things and I need to think through the things that I say yes to. And um, yeah, but it's kind of a case by case basis, to be honest.
0: Well, first off, I love the term Moment Collector, so I'm totally going to hashtag that. <laughs> so Second awful. of all, NATO headquarters in Brussels. Okay, what did you speak to them about?
1: Um, my topic was, well, they kind of brought me in because it's funny. They saw my YouTube channel. How funny is that? I never what? Life, ever would think that someone from the NATO social media team would be looking at my YouTube channel, um, but <sighs> yeah saw my, my YouTube videos and they were like, wow, this girl this girl could probably come in and speak to us about, about how to use video to connect with, uh, with the public. So they kind of left it open to me and my topic that I picked and kind of created my presentation around was diplomacy. So um, is the idea of using video and live streaming to break the barriers between government officials and the public that they serve. So it was one of the most intense experiences of my life. And I didn't realize how much it consumed my brain until the day after I went straight from Brussels to London to go visit a friend. And uh, the day after I just sort of hit a wall, but I was running on adrenaline right up mm. until then, And uh, I went to sleep for like 14 hours the next day because it just was weighing on my mind so much and I wanted it to be perfect. And I Yeah, it it went really well, but it just, it took a lot out of me. Um, And I was sitting there in a room presenting to people from, I mean, the head of social for the CIA and talking, having a conversation with the head of social for NASA and talking to a guy about strategy who works in Africa as part of the um, Air Force. And um, that was so awesome. It was just so fascinating and that whole idea of like imposter syndrome was so real for me in that situation and I really had to check myself the day before and understand that I was asked to come there and it wasn't about me not being ready Um, there was a reason that I was brought there and there was a reason that I was being given the opportunity so I just had to embrace that and know that I could do it but you can imagine the pressure that I was putting on myself and also feeling like I'm like I'm a 20 I was yeah, twenty I was a twenty-eight-year-old female from Vancouver, British Columbia, and I am going to NATO's headquarters to speak to a bunch of government officials. What the hell am I doing? Like, <laughs> the hell is going on? You're like, no? someone wake me up. Seriously. And yeah, just didn't felt didn't feel like I I truly belonged, but it was the most fascinating thing. As soon as I finished, I was like, no. I'm, I said in my my post afterwards, I was like, I'm earning my spot at the big kids table because I have never really, I never expect things and I don't think I deserve anything. I've always kind of had this idea in my head and I credit my parents for kind of instilling this, this in our whole family is that you work your ass off for anything that you want. Mm-hmm. And so when things come my way, I'm never like, oh yeah, I should totally have that opportunity. So, but after I finished this presentation at NATO, I was like, no, I've, you know, I've worked really, really hard and it's paying off and more amazing opportunities are going to come. And I have to get used to the idea that I'm playing on a different playing field now.
0: Mm-hmm. Now, I mean, having said that, that was when you went there and in, into now where you're at, um, how has that changed your perception and mindset of like what game field you are playing on?
1: Um, it's funny, you would think that it would in a major way, but it totally hasn't. Mm -hmm. Um, I think I, I definitely understand that like the, the really, really, really insanely hard work that I put in over the last five to 10 years, um, is, is definitely starting to be acknowledged and recognized. Um, but just for an example, like I came home from, from Brussels or from Europe and, I went to have coffee with one of my girlfriends who I hadn't seen in a long time. And we were catching up and chatting and we're about 45 minutes into talking. And she's like, can I just stop you? And I was like, why? And she's like, you haven't even mentioned that you spoke at NATO. She's like, that's why I'm here. That's why I want to talk to you. And I was like, Oh, and it was just, it just because I sort of separated it. And I was like, Nope, that's like my work life. And this is my personal life. And, um, and it still feels very surreal that it happened. So, I don't, I just sort of started to think about it now as it was another speaking engagement. Yes, it was at NATO, but it was another speaking engagement. And I better get prepared for other things to come my way that may be even bigger than that. Um And I can't fangirl and freak out (laughs) when those things happen. I have to feel like I'm meant to be there because mentally that's all you can do to prepare yourself and get your game face on and do a really good job and be able to talk to people who you perceive to be on a much higher level than you. Mm -hmm. Um, You have to think of yourself somewhat as an equal. But you know, inside I'm still like that little girl
0: who's like, "Holy shit! What you're am I like, doing? This? Keep it together. Just keep, keep it together." It together. Yes. And you're like, "Oh yeah, no problem. Mm-hmm, sure." Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. You're like, "Oh, that's that's so cool." Oh my gosh, I'm freaking out. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but so I there's one question. I have a couple questions from that. The first one is, I mean, you mentioned about your parents instilling hard work. Um, what do you, what's your reaction or what are your thoughts when someone might say, you know, Sonny, you're so lucky. Ooh. <laughs> yeah. So, and I asked this cause I was inspired by another podcast that I listened to and there was someone on it that was very like he, uh, his name is Gary Vanderchuck. I'm oh, sure I people, love Gary I yeah, I, he, he yeah, he has that YouTube video. And then I'm like, I wonder what other people feel about that. And I don't think, Anyway, I'm going to shut up. But what it so when people say, like, oh, Sonny, you're so lucky, what no, goes it, through your head?
1: Yeah, it's funny because I watched that too and it really sparked something in my head as well. And I've been following Gary Vaynerchuk for so long. And I remember when, like, he wasn't he was just doing wine library tv I got a tweet back from him and I literally freaked out I was like oh my god that's a
0: fan um, moment
1: yeah and then when I partnered up with Hootsuite for the series on the first day it came out he was like hey we should do a video together and I was like no way what's mm-hmm. going on um so no I'm a huge fan of his and I think everything he comes out with is this pure gold and uh, as far as being lucky yeah I watched that and I think I think the nice girl in me always goes, oh, thank you so much. You know, um, yeah, I, I do feel really lucky to get here. And that's usually my response. But I don't think that maybe it's the right response because at the end of the day, I don't really know sometimes how insanely dedicated and hard I've worked for where I've gotten. So I, I under, I like downplay it a lot. And uh, But when I was watching that back, I was like, no, there have been... I mean, just like this past weekend and many weekends of my life, even in high school, I was always that kid who would rather stay home and work on a project to perfection than go out and party with my friends. And um, that's just always been my personality. And and I I've, I've had many months where I didn't have income coming in, but I just figured it out and made it work because I knew that I wanted this lifestyle for myself. I knew I wanted to have my own business and I've hustled and I've made every opportunity that's come my way. I've made that happen. So I don't think it's luck. I think that, I think that there is a a certain level of serendipity that comes into play. Um, but I think at the end of the day, it's, it's, it's mostly that you work Really, really, really hard, and the right opportunities will come your way.
0: Mm-hmm. I love that. I think I couldn't agree more. Okay, the second question that I had then too: What do you think the universe is currently preparing you for? I guess if you knew, that would be that you, I, kn- you would know. I, but I, stoked. Um, <laughs>
1: or, I yeah. I don't know. It's been the strangest year because it's just sort of been like one amazing thing after the other, and that sounds like maybe a little bit egotistical or something, but. Um, I just, I feel so incredibly grateful for everything that's happened this year. And every time something comes my way, I'm like, Oh my God, I can't get any better than this. Like, this is a dream. And, and I celebrate every little win. And I kind of like base every day off of little wins. So I don't really know. And I truly at this point, and really my whole career, I had never in my head been like, okay, five years from now, this is where I want to be. And I don't think that I could have because five years ago, I could not have predicted that this is where I was going to be. But I'm so extremely content and thrilled with where my life's at. Um, so yeah, I don't. I'm not really like manifesting anything in particular, uh, but I just kind of believe in that whole theory that it's not luck. It's that I'm working really, really hard, and that all of this is setting me up for another level of success. I think.
0: Mm-hmm. Absolutely, I love that too. Okay, so I have two questions, and then I have a few rapid fire. But the two questions, one is. Um, what apps I know you talked about it before, but what are some apps that you use that you feel help you just manage your day to day or really keep you in check?
1: Um there's so many. Um <laughs> <laughs> give us 3. <laughs> okay. Um IFTTT is one of my favorites. What is that? Um it's called it's otherwise known as if this then that. Basically it creates oh. shortcuts between apps on your phone so that um oh. things that you would have to do between two different apps you can do through one instead. Um Google Drive is incredible and it helps me organize uh everything with my team. Oh. Um and then Canva is, like, just yeah. a godsend on so many levels um, for me and for my clients. Those are three, but I could go on for, like, years. But I do have
0: my favorite productivity apps
1: uh, in a video on my YouTube channel, too. So if you want more info, those are those are all in there, I think.
0: We will put that in the show notes if you guys are listening because I'm going to go stock that after we're done. <laughs> <laughs> and then, um, what is – what is something like a book that you've read, or maybe there blogs that you continually go for and that you find inspiration from?
1: Uh, I always go back to this one for me. It's called the Firestarter Sessions by Danielle Laporte. Yeah. Um, it's she's actually from Vancouver, but she's on a huge scale now, like massive global scale now, and she's an author and just an incredible woman and she wrote the fire starter sessions first and the second book was called the desire map i've read both of them and i cannot recommend them enough for basically everybody because no matter what you're doing in your career it's just the whole thing is based off of that idea of going with your gut and feel what and what you want to feel on a daily basis and building your life around making sure that you're feeling those those core desired feelings she calls them yeah. every single day
0: Okay, that's perfect. I've never heard of them, so this is this is perfect. Oh, you'll love them. They're love amazing. it. Okay, yeah. rapid fire. If okay. you had a title, like a movie title for your life, what would you call it? Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, my God, that's hard. Um, Little Miss Sunshine. Okay, fair enough. What is a habit that you're still trying to break?
1: Um, Being a workaholic. <laughs> okay.
0: And what... Is if you were stranded on an island and you could only have two types of foods with you, what would they be? Oh
1: uh, Gnocchi, um, made by my Nona, and um, crunchy bars, crunchy chocolate bars, which no, I don't – think, I think they're only in Canada.
0: Crunchy chocolate – wait, that's an actual brand?
1: Yeah, they're called crunchies. It's like salt. it's like sea foam taffy or whatever it's called. Um, covered by chocolate. It's just the most incredible thing.
0: Crunchies. All right. Yeah. Well, going to have to purchase some of those online. Okay. Well, they any anything else, any last words you want are you want to say to our listeners?
1: Um no, I think I think we kinda covered everything and um I really appreciate you having me on and I, I hope I didn't overshare too much. Oh my,
0: no, no, we love overshare because how are we supposed to like know if we don't get inside <laughs> the brain and the mind. So Sonny, I appreciate everything. And you guys listening, will have all the information that we talked about in the show notes as well. And thank you guys for listening. And Sunny, thank you just for your energy and positivity and, and everything.
1: Thank you so much for having me. Oh, I guess the only thing that I will say is my new website just launched. So make sure that you go check out sonnylenarduzzi.com for more info and blogs and all that kind of stuff.
0: Yes. Love it. Thanks so much, Sonny. Thanks for tuning in to the She Did It Her Way podcast. If you like this episode, head on over to iTunes.com to leave us a rating and a review. We would love to hear from you. And don't forget to check out SheDidItHerWayPodcast.com, where you can subscribe to our email list so you can receive the inside scoop on our latest episode released each Monday. Now, do us a favor
1: and go make it a great week.